Have you ever been guilty of bearing God's name in vain? Welcome to the Transformative Duff. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on page 18 of Tractate Nadarim, and we learned that as an ambassador of heaven, you must be a paragon of exemplary conduct. When you represent God, his reputation hinges on your reputation. Welcome to the Transformative Duff, and thank you for being my chavrist today. I like to begin with a story. The Chazanish was one of the greatest rabbis living in Israel prior to World War II and in the years following the war and after the establishment of the State of Israel. He passed away in 1953. The day after he died, a secular kibbutznik happened to be in Bnei Brak where the Chazanish had lived. He saw posters everywhere announcing the great sage's passing and stopped a fellow in the street to inquire more about this rabbi that everyone was making such a big fuss about. The fellow who he stopped happened to be the Chazanish's brother-in-law, Rabbi Shmuel Greinman, and he took a few minutes to tell the kibbutznik all about his wife's illustrious brother. He told the kibbutznik that the family came from Kosovo in the Grodna region of Russia. Really? replied the kibbutznik. I'm also from Kosovo. They continued to chat and it became clear that the kibbutznik had known the Chazanish very well back when they were young children. Let me tell you a funny story, continued the kibbutznik. Every so often I think about my childhood friend Avram Yeshaya and wonder if he survived the war. That's interesting, Rabbi Shmuel replied. Why him of all people? He must have stood out as a child prodigy, right? The kibbutznik chuckled. Yes, he was very smart, but that's not why I think about him. I actually once lent him a kopeck for a train ride, and he never paid me back. You've got to be kidding me, exclaimed Rabbi Shmuel. You're the one? You can't imagine how many times he told me that story, and bemoaned the fact that he had one outstanding debt in life. And here you are. Rabbi Shmuel immediately pulled some money out of his pocket and repaid the debt. And no doubt, at that point, the Chazan Ish was able to enter heaven with no outstanding earthly obligations. Let's look at today's Gemara. And what is the stringency of an oath versus a vow if we say that it is because an oath takes effect even with regard to a matter that has no actual substance? We could counter that a vow also has stringency and that it takes effect with regard to a mitzvah just as it does with regard to a matter that is permitted. Rather, oaths are more stringent because it is written with regard to an oath, God will not absolve. Let's analyze the Gemara. The third of the Ten Commandments states, Do not bear the name of Hashem your God in vain, for Hashem will not absolve the one who bears his name in vain. The commentators explain that this commandment refers to the prohibition of swearing falsely by God's name, and our Gemara utilizes the verse as a scriptural source for false oaths. What's the problem with swearing falsely by God's name? In Sefer Vayikra, the Torah goes on to specify, And you shall not swear falsely by my name, for you shall thereby desecrate the name of your God. Ibn Ezra explains that a person who swears by the name of God hinges his words and actions on the truth of God's existence. Just like God is true, so is his account of his conduct. But if he is in fact speaking an untruth, then is basically denying the truth of God's existence. Ibn Ezra's comment appears alongside the passage of the Ten Commandments, and then he later references it alongside the verse in Vayikra. The Sifra explains the repetition of the Torah's commandment as an exhortation against using God's primary name or even any nickname of God. Anytime a person bears God's name and hinges the truth of his behavior on heaven, even if he's not expressing it as an oath sworn by his holiest name, he is guilty of denying the truth of God. The Maharal teaches that Chilul Hashem, desecration of his name, doesn't only occur when a person swears falsely by God's name. Any time a person bears his name and desecrates it by his conduct, 
he transgresses the Torah's commandment. He quotes the Medrash, Rabbi Zerah taught, the verse states, you shall not bear. If it refers to a false oath, it already says, you shall not swear falsely by my name. Thus, what does you shall not bear come to teach us? That you should not accept religious authority upon yourself if you are not worthy of such authority. When an individual assumes a position of religious authority, he bears God's name. If he is not worthy of representing God, he is in danger of desecrating his name by his actions. Chilul Hashem is worse than any other sin. In fact, one must rather accept death than a public desecration of heaven. That's how terrible it is. And so it goes without saying that those who are held in the public eye as God's representatives must constantly ensure that they are completely above so much as the perception of wrongdoing. When rabbis get bad press, God gets bad press. Believe it or not, despite being one of the greatest rabbis of his generation, the Chazanish wasn't technically a rabbi. He'd never received smicha ordination. Presumably, he didn't consider himself worthy of assuming the religious authority the official title conferred. Why not? Rabbis don't come any more learned and saintlier than the Chazanish. But he knew that he still had debts to pay. And perhaps he felt that his unpaid debt would be the source of Chil Lashem should it ever come to light. What pained him most in life was the kopeck he'd never repaid. What made him an extraordinary tzaddik was that he was able to account for every tiny misdeed in his life and make amends, all but one. But he made sure that people knew about his error. He didn't sweep it under the rug. He did everything possible to guarantee that one day it would be repaid. Because when you bear God's name, you have no secret skeletons in the closet. You utilize every opportunity to ensure your name, and hence God's name, is absolutely free and clear of any impurity. While most of us will never reach the level of the Chazan Ish, we must all aspire to bear God's name. You were placed here on earth to be the Almighty's ambassador, and as an ambassador of heaven, you must always strive to ensure that you are keeping his reputation intact. That means not only being completely above board in all your dealings, but not even so much as giving anybody the chance of misunderstanding. Even perceptions must be crystal clear. Our sages teach that Moshe Rabbeinu made a public accounting of the donation intake for the tabernacle. Why? Because even Moshe needed to ensure that no one would accuse him of pocketing any of the contributions. Our greatest teacher wanted to show how we must all conduct ourselves with clarity and transparency. May you forever make a Kiddush Hashem Wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the Transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe. To achieving a life of simcha and purpose, transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaic Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicopress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf.